I'm Becca. And I'm Katie. And welcome Welcome back back to Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best friends. Woo! So, we do podcasts now. We did it. We're back. We're doing it again. Again. Not a one-off. No. And so, just for a reminder, for all of our eager listeners, what was our general topic last week? Our general topic is pretty privilege, and still is... Probably will be for a little while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a big one. It is a big one. And last week we talked about farts. Farts. Lots about farts. And we have a little bit more to say, don't we? Yes. Well, we had some feedback from a listener. Thank you. Thank you. That wanted to know more about what about the male farts? What about the guys that were hanging around, dating, whatever? Do they fart? Oh, boy, do they. They sure do. Yeah, that's an interesting topic because I know, like, women and farting, and it's this whole big question, do they, don't they? But with men, it's like, they're gonna fart. Like, it's just something that I would imagine every guy to do no matter what. I would say most guys, not 100%. I have dated a few guys, and maybe it's because of my own fart inhibitions, but I have dated some guys that hold back on the farts. Interesting. I can't remember a time a guy did not reciprocate my fart. Was there ever a guy that farted first? Oh, yeah. I I think, honestly, maybe most guys do fart first. Like, I think I probably, like, you know, oh, you're gonna make me fart. Oh, you smell like farts. Oh, whatever. Like, I I tease them about it, and then they're Mm. like, oh, I'll show you. Yeah, I'll show you farts. I'll show you farts. And then they show me their farts, and I show mine. No, I I want everyone to keep theirs hidden, please. And <laughs> when, when boys do fart around me, I feel like it's everyone's right to fart, but I'm also like, if I'm holding back, I feel like I deserve that reciprocated. If I shave my legs, then you should too. If you want me to shave my legs, I can also want you to shave your legs. Oh no. We're diving down deep. Here's another episode. It's another episode. We're already diving too deep. (laughs) All right. So what do we have next as our specific topic? Well, our next specific topic is one you've been wanting to do forever. I have been wanting to do this for a while. It's something I almost feel deeply about. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's something we've been cognizant about for years. I feel like it was one of the first things, like, in college that was like, yeah, am I getting liberated? Am I getting woke to this? Yeah, I agree. That's when it it really started to hit was college is when all Mm -hmm. the body issues, you know, I am going to say faded, started to fade Mm -hmm. away. It was like all throughout puberty. It was just like, oh, it's bras. This topic is bras. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were like teasing at it and then I forgot. Yeah, and then then we we were talking about it. I forgot we didn't say it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, bras. This is a specific topic for this week. And it goes way back, way back to a time whenever you just started to hit puberty and there was no body hair yet, and you wore a dress to a wedding, and your mom was like, oh, I guess we need to get you a bra. <laughs> so was that when you got your first training bra? That, I think that's the first time my mom put tape on my nipples. <laughs> your mom put tape on your nipples? Band-aids, I think. 
And I know this happens. I know this is a thing. I've talked to other people about it. But I think, yeah, probably pretty soon after that, because I had never thought about needing a bra. I was probably, like, excited about it, you know? Yeah. No, I remember, I don't think I, quote-unquote, needed a bra yet. But I think my cousin got her first training bra, and I got all excited and jealous. And I, like, bugged and bugged and bugged my mom about it until she took me to Walmart and got me a little white training bra with flowers on it. The same one everyone gets, probably. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> so exactly like mine, where it's yeah, just, like, two little triangles, and it's flat. It doesn't even have, like, a dart sewn in because there's, like, no bulk to your breast yet. So it's yeah, just a flat triangle a couple of flat triangles and I was so excited about it that I remember we went to my friend's house next like some family friend and there were like boys and girls there and I was like mom mom tell them tell them I got a bra and then she told them and then I was immediately embarrassed and like why did you tell them oh god oh no <laughs> it was bad <laughs> oh so just immediate realization and shame yeah I was like it's this big exciting thing but then I was like oh maybe it's also like a secret hidden thing like menstruation yeah another episode oh, uh, maybe another few series of episodes we'll see <laughs> so you may be asking yourself why does the topic of bras fall under pretty privilege why well it all has to do with women's bodies and the policing of women's bodies, specifically the shape and the look of women. Yes, saying someone needs a bra or doesn't need a bra, wholly based on if the shape of their boobs is what, like close to a Barbie's? Yeah, those half spheres. Perfectly those, round. Those perfectly round half spheres mm -hmm. that just sit on your rib cage. That almost never occur in nature. <laughs> <laughs> almost never. There have been a few times, I'm sure. Oh. Uh, not to us. <laughs> no. No. So, Katie, would you like to give us a brief history on the bra? Oh boy, would I. Now, in order to, you know, talk about the bra, the brassiere and its evolution, we gotta go way back to the beginning. The very beginning. <laughs> of time, right? So thank you, Google, and all of your help with this, because I know a lot about um, like foundation garments and corsets and stays, but nothing before then. And I know very, very little from like other non-European places in the world. So I did a teeny tiny smidgen of research. Mm -hmm. And what I came up with was Egypt, we had a lot of bare-chested women, but they also had sort of like, you know, the draping sort of fabrics or like, I saw one that was like a, like a tube top almost that was like folded in on itself, worn around the chest area. Like when you're wrapping a towel? Yeah, like, what? no, oh, okay. <laughs> not quite. Um, we have, you know, all of the statues in India that have um, uh, kind of like a bra, I don't know. The research I did, like, is kind of akin to a bra, but also like a bikini. That was also mentioned in some, like, Greco-Roman things for, like, athletes would wear something that's more like a bikini where it would, like, cover parts of the top or cover parts of the bottom, but not be, like, a full dress or a full covering. Um, we have, you know, Asia, the 
not not a bra per se, but just the layers of fabric, right? And then the cinching at, at the waist or even like up into the chest with the with the big silk. Sorry, I'm sorry, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> the big silk thing that gets tied very, very tightly and ornately um, folded in on itself. If you've ever watched yeah. Memoirs of a Geisha, yeah, yeah. that in that Japanese kimono style where it's so intricately like wrapped mm -hmm. and tightened in a very specific way. Um, and then you start getting into like European nations with um, all of the hundreds of millions of undergarments layered one on top of the other, um, which leads you into corsets, girdles, that sort of thing. Corsets stays in girdles were essential for hundreds of years all across Europe. It was, it was a whole thing. Um, and if you've ever watched Gone with the Wind, you know that traveled over to America as well. And will never be no 18 and a half inches again in America. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, what else? Along with the corsets, I feel like I want to mention um, all of the other foundation garments that went along with that to give that shape, right? So if you think Victorian silhouettes had a bustle or um, some other sort of like padded thing that you tied around your waist. So it's just like make the most dramatic hourglass possible, Yes, right? because if you cinch in at the waist as tight as humanly possible and then you poof out your butt and hips, then it's like even more dramatic. Mm -hmm. um, so you got the panties from French, you got the bustle in like England. Um, and surprisingly enough, there was no like bulk added to the top to counteract that visually. It was all very flat for a long, long time, like cupped, um, any sort of cup built into a corset. That wasn't until later on, and it was not popular for a long time. They, they liked it flat for a long time. Like think Kira Knightley and Pirates of the Caribbean where it's just like pushed super flat, but your boobs are pushed up so hard that you can see the tops of them. Then you pass out and, and Captain Jack has to save you. Yes, exactly. And that's what happened. So moving on from there, um, later on in the 19th century, bras did start to replace, you know, corsets and girdles. Um, and this was, you know, less of part of a corset and it was its own standalone sort of object. Um, the word brassiere was coined, French word brassiere. And then in the 1920s, they started making like a bandeau, band, how do you say that? Bandeau bra? Yeah, like a bandeau type bra thing. Um, not supportive at all because... Just a tight tube top? Yeah, like a tight tube top because in the 20s, you were supposed to be very skinny and flat chested. Yeah, flappers were supposed to look like mannish. Yes. Boyish. Boyish. Even. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. <laughs> and then 1930s, modern bra, yada yada, move forward a little bit. They're being mass produced. And then it happens, right? 1958, 59, lycra. Mm -hmm. The stretchy spandex fabric is invented. Um, and it was, at first it was used to replace uh, the material for girdles, which was rubber, I found out. Used to just wear a tight rubber girdle. Yeah, you think you get sweaty in Spanx. Yeah. Try a rubber girdle. Yes. And so that kind of changed the way, actually all of women's fashion changed then, but also the bra because it allowed for, you know, a lot more give 
mm-hmm. and a lot of like you know the straps in the back and everything and even a lot of cups are stretchy fabric now too yeah so all of that to say the history of women's silhouettes is as old as women yes <laughs> and trying you know it goes along with hair and makeup and clothing to bring about some desired visual effect, something that we think is visually appealing. And it changed so much depending on what country you're in, what part of the world you're in, depending on your you know, status and how whatever, much money you have. Whatever's trending that decade. And whatever's trending that decade, you know. One week it's super, super thin. The next week it's super, super flat. And then, what do you know? We're going for that bullet bra, pointy cone shape. And now we're up to half spheres. Yep. Modern day half spheres. (laughs) That's where we're at. (laughs) And so while we're on the subject of, like, breast shape versus the way we want our breasts to be shaped, I have a personal anecdote for you guys. Um... We kind of hinted at it at the beginning about, like, college Mm -hmm. and, like, your self-realization about what is and isn't going to work for you as a human being for the rest of your life. And I remember I did have at least one or two other women in my life who, like, were braless. And it was, like, a big deal, right? Because in high school, every day. Everyone. Everyone, every day, every night for some people... Including me, there were times where I just wore the bra when I slept, and I don't really remember why. Um, But, like, sleepovers. Do you wear a bra or not? In high school, I don't think I ever took my bra off. Yeah, well, you didn't want someone's family, someone's dad to see you without a bra on in your jammies. Yeah, and so the the half-sphere bra was on all the time, Mm -hmm. and... You know, I don't know about you guys, but it was very popular in high school to wear those really tight t-shirts, right? So you have, like, men's t-shirts and women's t-shirts, and the women's t-shirts are just, like, spandex just stretched over you really Mm -hmm. tight. And there's no way you weren't going to wear a bra with that. No. No. And every single bra I had was, like, as push-up as I could find it. There was never... Like, I don't even think I ever saw a bra that didn't have loads of padding in it until I was older. Bralettes were not a thing. Like, it was not popular. No, not at all. And, no, God forbid a sports bra, because then you'd have a uniboob. Not a uniboob. You know that was super popular there for a while. I can't remember what part of history, but I (laughs) specifically remember seeing a precursor to the bra that was to get a mono bosom. (laughs) So keep that in mind. That was a that was a look (laughs) back in the day. Well, it would have been more comfortable. It would have been more comfortable. The amount of wires that stabbed you throughout high school just because you had to wear that friggin underwear bra. Late high school, there was one of my, like, sort of friends. We weren't super good friends. She told me her mom cut and took the wires out of all her bras. And I had such a revelation. I was like, oh, my God. You can do that? You can do that? I just thought once the wire was out, it was broken and you had to replace it. No. I I remember being like, I'm going to do that from now on. And to this day, I do not have 
hardly any wire bras. <laughs> as soon as I get them, I cut them and pull the weird little wires out. Because it's already super shaped. Yeah, the the just thick seam right there, right? The under uh-huh. seam that holds the wire is so thick. <laughs> It is very sturdy on its own. (laughs) Maybe we have small boob privilege and some people do actually need the wire there. Yes. Holding the boobs to keep that half sphere shape. Mm -hmm. Or even just the support of Mm. keeping them in a specific like Uh, place. Stabbing. But the stabbing. Yeah. So again, this is how this all goes back to privilege is because in college, like I said, I had a few women who were going braless and I was like, Hey, whoa, I can do that. I'm an adult now, (laughs) so I can do whatever I want. And, you know, I am very flat-chested. I'm not going to say flat-chested, small-chested, right? There's not a lot of mass or bulk right there. And so I don't need support generally, right? My whole thing was like, oh, God, they're not perfectly round. I hate it. I need a boob job. They don't look right. That was that was my realization was realizing that when I did put a bra on after not wearing one for months, I was like disappointed that I liked the shape, but also weirded out by the shape. Like I was like, this is not what they look like. This is weird, but I like it. But I also, I don't know, for me, because you turned me on to going braless. I think I started maybe a few months after you. Thanks. And for a while, I was like, no, it looks weird. And I would only wear like really baggy clothes. But then you get used to it. And it's like it's a whole other kind of style of like, you know, I actually think I look good like this. Mm -hmm. It took. It took a while, but... You have to unlearn that your breasts are shaped wrong. Yeah, because it really does, you know, you put this bra on and it's n- really nowhere near a normal shape, is it's it? It's not. It really isn't. I'm it's like, weird. who decided that our normal shape was wrong or bad? Yeah, like, I understand the supportive measures of bras, I don't really understand the shaping as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like, as funny as it is to look at bullet bras, I'm like, that's more natural looking. Yeah. It's it's more in tune with the shape. Because they're not round on top and bottom. Yeah, they're not round on top or and bottom unless you're hoisting them up. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Pushing them up. Pushing them up to your chin. Yeah. As my mother would say, hoisting them. It's very strange to think about what is ingrained in you as a child for so long. Just like that, it's supposed to be this way. Yes. And that pressure you feel to make it that way, that social conformity, like it's just... Ooh. I Whenever I didn't wear a bra, I'll admit, even though I did it for a long time, it's usually with larger clothes or with layered clothes or with a jacket and like i said i can get away with it because if i push my shoulders forward they're gone (laughs) they're gone they're not there anymore so even if i was in a situation where i had to like meet someone new i could always push my shoulders forward a little bit more and just hide them and just hide them (laughs) and then they'd be gone who knows but you know what blows my mind, Katie? Mm, what? Is that it's not even like these weird societal unwritten rules that your breasts are so supposed to be shaped this way. It is literally written into school dress codes. Ooh. Maybe, uh, maybe it's better now, but I 
know for sure when I was in high school, word for word on the female dress code was must wear bras if quote unquote age appropriate. When your breasts are or aren't age appropriate. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> At what age do you start noticing my breasts and telling me how to shape them? Yes, that's a good question. At what age do they become sexualized? Because, and I love this, right? Little girls don't have to wear a shirt. If they are, like, legit children, no one thinks twice about it. And there's some unwritten, weird sexualization that happens, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, no. Right? Yeah. And we have to write it (laughs) into the dress code just to be safe. I guess, thankfully, the bra part of my dress code was not enforced, as far as I know, because there was one girl at my school who did not wear bras, and people talked about her. Like, it was just always like, oh, she's so weird. Why is she doing that? Why doesn't she just put a bra on? And now I'm, like, looking back, I am jealous of the years she got to go braless. Jealous of her freedom and confidence? In theory. We don't know why she didn't wear a bra. I'd love to believe that she was like, no, this is stupid. I don't care. I mean, I would hope, and like, I say I'm jealous, I wouldn't have chosen to ostracize myself by not following that rule. Yeah. It it would have definitely... I, that's another thing about bras, and they're sexualizing you by changing your shape into something that I guess is more sexually appealing somehow. But it's also like, if you don't wear one, it's also sexualizing your, like, normal breasts. So it's like, it's lose-lose. Yeah, actually see your breasts. Yeah. And so, you know, women's breast and nipple reform, like, the way that we see them. Like, I know other countries have you know, no laws about women going shirtless Mm -hmm. because it's less taboo and, like, nude beaches and all that. But people always make the argument that, like, if us in America just all stopped caring and let everyone go topless, then there would be so many issues going on with the way people would look at you or treat you or act around you. And it would take like a hundred years to desexualize the American woman's breast. It would just, it would be insane how much, you know, it would take. Don't get me started on the top freedom which is, you know, the whole idea that women should get to go topless where men can go topless. Because, like, not only are men... Like, I get that women's breasts are sexualized, but they also serve a purpose outside of sex. Men's do breasts, not nipples do not. So, like, I don't know. We've come far, I think, in the past few years on breastfeeding and that a woman can breastfeed where she needs to. Oh, you can use those for what they're made for? Yeah. <laughs> people will freak out occasionally, but I think more people are on the right side. Mm-hmm. I believe there is a wrong and right side to this. Yes. But, yeah, it's just bananas that... And I have to explain this to kids I work with. Like, yeah, no, he can take his shirt off. But you can't. But you can't. Yeah, that bothers me, too. Yeah. And maybe it'll change. I don't know. Maybe 
maybe I'm wrong. Listeners, tell me I'm wrong and tell me that it wouldn't take a hundred years to desexualize the breasts because... I mean, there are some nude beaches in America. Yeah. I'm like, if we got them young, like, if it was, like, a generation raised on, like it's normal for women to go topless, then I guess it would work, but then you'd have to wait for all the other generations to die. Like I said, that could take a hundred years, right? (laughs) Moving on to our testimonials. This is what our listeners had to say about the brassiere. Uh, I actually spoke to an aunt of mine. I love you. And it's funny, she said she just wears a bra for moral support, which <laughs> I thought was funny. You know, she always jokes about because she has smaller breasts that she doesn't always need one. But it is funny, this aunt, um, well, I told you I went through, like, my longest braless period in mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. after Katie. As we all did, man. College was loose and free. Oh, it was great. <laughs> And but then I was like getting closer to graduation. And I was like, I guess I'll have to be finding a job. And my aunt <laughs> literally asked me, she said, Becca, do you do you still own a bra? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, do I need a bra to be professional? Oh, yeah, I remember that whole thing. I was student teaching. Yeah, were you wearing a bra while you were student teaching? Most of the time, no. And honestly, the person I was, or no, I wasn't student teaching. Whoops, I was observing, sorry. And the person I was carpooling with said, same, no, you know, you just wear this shirt and (laughs) you just do this and, you know, you never know. And I was like, true. Yeah, I don't know. I was just under the impression and like... I don't have big boobs, but I guess mine were bigger. Mm-hmm. That like bras equal professionalism. And I have someone. One of my people actually did have a comment on yeah. professionalism. She Tell said, us. "She said, oh, and this is another one of my friends. You may remember her from the last episode. The beautiful one, gorgeous, <laughs> the beautiful, gorgeous one." And it's not just her face. (laughs) It's all of her. All of her is amazingly, gorgeously beautiful. And she has the most, what I would consider, perfect breasts in this world. Like, to quote quote Princess Bride when she's about to stab herself because she thinks Wesley isn't coming for her. And he's like, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It'd be a pity to damage yours. That is her. It would be such a pity if something were to happen, which I hope nothing does, because they're pristine. Yeah. Um, But this is what she had to say about them, right? So she actually has kind of stopped wearing bras. Again, college, you know. (laughs) You know how it goes in college when you just kind of stop. But she said bras equal professionalism. So in her job, I think in her job's dress code, bras are listed specifically. I'm not... I'm not sure about that, but she she does equate them to professionalism, mm-hmm. and so she would feel unprofessional without one, um, which I can kind of understand in certain lights. Yeah, I think it's a whole workplace culture if every other woman is wearing a bra. Yeah. You don't want to be the one that isn't. Yeah, and as far as professionalism goes, I would say opacity over shape. Yeah. Because I, I feel like... If we're sexualizing the nipple, the nipple, and we can desexualize the rest of it, then that's better than nothing. True. And I can understand like it's professional to not wear see-through clothes. Yeah. Like in my mind, that makes sense. And so, but anyway, I'm getting off topic. What else did she have to say? Um, so yeah, she does not wear a bra for shape. 
generally. Mm-hmm. Like, she can go brawless, and I don't think you could really tell the difference most of the time. Yeah. Which I'm very happy for her yeah, about. bless her. <laughs> bless her. Um, she, t- she told me that in high school, though, she did always wear push-up bras. Like, even with her perfect breasts, <laughs> just hike them up even farther. <laughs> um, but she's, she said she wouldn't really change anything about her breast shape, and so bras are more of something fun or something professional for her. Mm-hmm. What about your next person? Oh, okay, um, I got one story from a dear friend that <laughs> made me sad. She said that when she was about 11 or 12 years old, her, not her stepfather, but her, like, half-brother's father said that her breasts were, quote-unquote, ant bites that needed to be covered up, which is, like, it's one thing if your mother notices and is like, hey, we need to get you a bra. It's another thing if, like, an unrelated adult man is like, I see your breasts and I'm gonna sexualize them if you don't cover them up. Like, gross, 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 gross. And that just, like, translated to most of the rest of her life. She has lived in a bra. She even sleeps in them because she has all this shame wrapped around her breasts and her sexuality and all of it. And so that just made me sad. Yeah, that moment whenever you go from child to not child anymore. Yeah. And you look look at yourself and you're like, oh, this is something I have to worry about now. Something I never worried about how I looked as a, as a small child. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a uh, switch gets flipped. Yeah, it's like, oh, part of me is shameful now? Yeah, like, you, you learn shame about the way you look uh, that you never had before. Mm-hmm. And you carry that for the rest of your life. And it would be such a shame for that to happen because of something a man said to you. <laughs> yeah, but I will say props to her because in the past year, she has bought a few shirts that look better without a bra and she has gone braless in them and go for it keep it up Woo! it is one of the most liberating experiences to not need one and while we're on the topic real quick why we would be pro braless it's not just about like the psychology of not having to wear a bra but there have also been multiple studies about like the detriment a bra can cause Mm -hmm. there are physiological yeah physiological reasons not to wear one including Mm -hmm. the pressure on your lymph nodes near your armpits which can I don't know. I've heard the word cancer thrown around. Yeah. And I would hate... And it, like, weakens... You're not supporting your own breasts, so it weakens weakens your connective tissues. Yes, it weakens your connective tissues. Yeah. Because they're not having any gravity applied to them. Mammals were not made to have their glands hoisted... Up. (laughs) All the time. Yeah. So that's why we are very pro no bra just so you guys know i think everyone should be free to do what they want and it just makes me sad if someone feels like they have to do something all the time that's true because if you if you feel you need a bra then you go and wear one but if you are afraid to not wear a bra that's a problem yeah yeah that's where the problem comes in um my other person i talked to what did she have to say She talked about, and this is funny, um, she used to put tape on her nipples, too. And since my mother did that, I guess, whenever I was little, I I feel like I remember her putting Band-Aids on my nipples. I've done it a few times since then. Um, 
It's kind of funny. I don't know. I get a kick out of it. But she said she used to tape her nipples in her youth. And she said somebody noticed it one time and was like, you know, I can see that, right? And she was like, what? <laughs> now, this is all news to me. Yeah. Um, and she also said she is married and she feels like she needs to wear a bra around her husband during the day. Huh. Which... If you remember from last episode, I only mentioned one married person, and this is she. Um, yeah, she wants to maintain that, like, sexiness around her husband, but she does say, you know, when the night comes, the bra is off. So she doesn't feel the pressure, like, constantly. But she has to wear it till bedtime? But she has to wear it till bedtime. Oh. I know so many women look forward to getting home from work at the end of the day and just whipping it off. Yeah, take it, get home, whip it off, and then you're good to go. But she says if she's hanging around her husband, you know, it's staying on. So. Let's see. I have a little more feedback on bras. I spoke to one friend of mine who, let me tell you, she's She's got big old boobies, and good for her. Mm -hmm. But she does say she feels like she has to wear a bra pretty much all the time for the support. Mm -hmm. Which, like, neither of us have very large breasts. No. So we can't speak to, you know, oh, your back must yeah, hurt. Yeah, your back must hurt. And so, I like, you must need the support. But uh, she also said she would like to go out braless, but she doesn't want the negative attention from people. Yeah. And I think her breasts always kind of get attention. Mm-hmm. But she says if she isn't wearing a bra, she's worried she'll have, quote-unquote, old lady boobs. Mm -hmm. Which, again, we're coming back to this shape is okay, this shape is not. Mm -hmm. Because we say so. Yeah. Somebody a long time ago decided that you know, beauty standards, this is what they are. Yeah. But I say, you know, do what makes you happy and fuck everyone else. Exactly. Alrighty, so before we keep going, we want to touch back on our general topic for this week, which was... Pretty privilege. Pretty privilege. Such as? Such as maybe having the confidence to not feel the pressure to wear a bra. Or hey. other shapewear. Yeah, being quote-unquote blessed with big don't need to be reshaped. Yeah, maybe they're the right shape or they're the right size or you've had them done and now you're done worrying about it. Yeah, so pretty privilege. Something interesting I have noticed because, as I mentioned, I work with children mm -hmm. and kids are nicer to you when you look nice. Yes, and bad us for not looking this up, but I swear there's a study. Oh, there's definitely study. There's got to be a study about, you know, kids like pretty, maybe babies, yeah. toddlers, younger kids. Yeah, like kids. more symmetrical faces. I feel like I've heard that. Yes. But no, I um, spoke with a parent of a girl I worked with, and she literally told me, I don't think things worked out with the last nanny because little girl's name didn't like her as much because she wasn't as pretty and I think she'll like you I think she'll like you because you're pretty 
And I tell you, sometimes I will dress up a little nicer, do my makeup, because I know she'll just be a little bit nicer to me when I do that. Mm-hmm. She'll listen a little more. Yeah, it's a whole Disney princess vibe. Yeah. And like equating beauty with goodness. Yes. And that we see that time and time again, right? Um, villains in, in any kind of story, Disney or otherwise, mm-hmm. the villains are portrayed as ugly right yeah. they're either ugly or they are people of color uh-huh. or they are disabled yeah right or they're old spinster women yeah <laughs> so they're it's, it's very problematic the way villains you know we villainize people who mm-hmm. don't look pretty and then we don't think about it and we show these movies to kids and kids just have the assumption like if someone looks ugly or different that means they're evil and bad they must be a bad person yes and like it's not just stories right in in the witch trials back in the day right a lot of the people who were targeted first were like old women, old women who were mean and maybe they had warts or skin blemishes. That was like a sign. Old unmarried. Yeah, old unmarried women were the targeted ones, right? Mm -hmm. And if you had a skin blemish, it was like put there by the devil. Like the devil's mark was any kind of like infection or things that happened that were like made you not look. I'm sorry, that was just a planner's wart. (laughs) Yeah, that was just like a little like mole, but I guess it's Satan's mark now. Yeah. And it is funny just how many things are basically a beauty contest. I got feedback from one friend, thank you, that she remembered back at her, I think, middle school. Mm -hmm. She had two teachers, right? Well, she had a lot of teachers. (laughs) Well. But she had these two teachers. And one was like this smart, older woman, maybe 40s, 50s, that... You know, she wasn't ugly, but she was pretty plain, but she taught really cool classes and was just super smart and really engaging to the children. And her other teacher was this fresh out of college, literally like Miss Texas contestant, so beautiful, and would come to school dressed to the nines every day. And she taught like fun, funny classes. But she wasn't the best with the children and, like, several times would, like, get upset and cry in front of them. And P.S. That's not that's not ideally what you're supposed to do as a teacher, but I understand. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> but you're not supposed to let them see you cry, usually. <laughs> usually. <laughs> but anywho, so she had these two teachers, and she remembers at the end of the year, the pretty young teacher would get all these awards and accolades from the student and from like the student body and the older more effective less cute teacher was just totally overlooked and it's like they're not grading your performance it's literally like a beauty popularity contest it is and in business like we said last time that's how it goes right mm-hmm. your scene is i don't know as long as you're not too beautiful, yeah. right? Because if you're too beautiful, you might be seen as stupid. But as, if you're attractive enough, but not too attractive, you seem more ideal than someone who is less attractive. Yep. And it's a darn shame. Well, folks, next week we will still be on the general topic of pretty privilege. And Katie, what will our specific topic be? Our specific topic next time will be body hair and or skinny privilege. 
And let me tell you, skinny privilege is a big topic. Yes, it no is. No pun intended. No, no. <laughs> but guys, we know you have opinions about these things. Yes. And we will be reaching out, but it's also great if you reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts. And if you have any questions you want us to like talk about. Yeah. Do you shave your legs? How do you feel about skinny privilege and body pride and all these other things? So, you can reach us at gstbfbf at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and send us a message at gstbfpod. That's it. That's it. That was the episode. Woo! We did it again. We did it again, guys. All right, so... Thank you for joining us for Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best friends. Woo! And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.